This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Psychic Psychic Josh is still there on the other end of the phone with a new improved microphone, apparently. I am Hi, indeed. Josh. Leon, our sound engineer, recommended this very moderately priced microphone, so I've invested. Only the listeners will know if I'm any clearer, but uh, I, so far, so good. Let me just say that I, I, for some reason, I thought that we were all being encouraged to do it on our mobile phones via Skype. So I've got a microphone anyway that I use for my other podcast, for the Pilot TV podcast. New, new one out today with in-depth interview with Ricky Gervais, by the way. Um, and so I've been using this fucking phone, even though I've got a really good microphone and everything. I've just been like snubbing it for this podcast. So next week, I'm on it. I'm getting that mic cranked up. Anyway, we've got a wonderful guest this week, on a, in a, continuing our series of what I'm calling impromptu in-depth podcasts with uh, very famous and excellent Arsenal fans who are also multi-talented broadcasters, please welcome Alex Brooker. Hello. I don't have the microphone. I've just got my little ear, these funny little earbuds that I wear at the gym. I've got them in, so I hope oh, yeah. they're all I know. right. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, that's good. Ha- that's really nice. Yeah. Are you in the? I don't know if anyone knows, but anyone's seen it. On um, recently, you did a nice video with Tom Rosenthal to promote yeah. um, the football football manager. Is it the the game? Yeah. Um, and you were in a kind of what I can only describe as like a wooden, like a kind of sauna. Is that? Is it that, was, right? is that It's basically it's like a, it's like a sauna room, and it's it's one of those rooms that was like. Obviously, we inherited it when we got the house, and it was all meant to yeah. be getting done starting uh, this month. And sadly, uh, obviously, 
you know, with coronavirus, we couldn't get any builders in. But um, yeah, so it's now the so it, it's so weird. They basically the upstairs, there's like one, there's like this office room which is all wooden paneling, the sauna room, but then the bedroom next to it is like it as well. And it's just like the people wow. that we like the people who had the house before us were like were quite old, and there was like another room when we got here which had nothing else in. And like a big um, kind of spa bath in it, built into the floor, <laughs> and um, it wow. had nothing. Literally, sod all else in it, um, and it's just you wonder what was, what went on. <laughs> that yeah. if, if these walls, if those wooden walls, <laughs> it sounds like um, they're swingers. Is that what you're saying? Well, I like don't it. know. I mean, yeah, I don't. You know, they're, they're old yeah. people. But look, that's you know, I'm not ageist. <laughs> If you want, no. you know, if you still want to get your five a day well into your eighties and crack on, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Alex, are you still getting posts for them? Are there is there anything to signify what they got up to? Do you know what we don't get posts? But I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Do you remember? I, did I ever tell you about the, when we moved in? We got the letter that came with the house, and it said no. that it, basically we got a letter, and it was kind of about the history of the house and. Um, the last page of the this booklet about all different stuff about the house was a letter. And it's basically the house was sold by the children after the, the parents had died. And it was just like, basically said that, you know, um, they lived a very happy life here. Um, Dad passed away in the conservatory. Um, over to you. And that's how it ended. And don't get wrong, I'm sure he was a good, he was a nice geezer. But I've moved in, I've, we've exchanged, I've moved into the house. First day I've got in with the keys, all excited. And I find out that, you know, obviously someone's someone's passed away in the conservatory in, in peaceful circumstances, but they'd left the furniture. And it was just like, it's the creepiest end to... I, and we kind of... I ended up going back to the, um, to the Halifax and going, look, I ain't having this house. And they're like, this is unprecedented. You're like, you can't... You can't... I was like, well, what if it's... They basically told me there could be a ghost that they've moved in. That it's been missold, and like even then, like my wife was just like, "Think about what you're saying," and it was um, so. Yeah, I mean, mate, we don't get any posts from, but um, yeah, if I start getting haunted now, I've spoken ill. Okay, but the thing is, like, I lost my. Are mind. you in the conservatory now? You know, no, I'm in our, I'm in no. our bedroom, but I don't often okay. go upstairs because it's always cold up there, and I find it creepy. Oh, so that wooden room that took a big thing. I've never, I've still never been up there. Um, on my own for more than like a few minutes when it's been dark. So, um, yeah, it's, wow. uh, there's a lot I could tell you. I could do a whole podcast with you <laughs> that's about the house and about, you know, there's all sorts of random stuff. It's like, you know, they, they scattered his ashes in the composting. Then there's another bit and it's um, in the letter. There was like, oh, one of the tiles in the chimney has a cat's face on it. And you go, I turned around to my wife and I went, let me guess, that was the cat they had. And she went, well, actually, yeah, that's also in the booklet. That's um, that's the cat that they had. They've um, they got it commemorated in the tile and put in the chimney. And it's just like, I mean, what have we moved into? But, um, yeah, fortunately, um, these these things have... Uh, <laughs> We've been okay for the last two and a half. Months, right, that's all I'm oh, saying. Good. So, it's just um, weird they left. They left this like guide to the weird things they've done in the house as well. And yeah, it is. And uh, and like in fairness to them, you know, they I think they they were trying to be kind, but had slightly misjudged <laughs> my imagination. So I'm not yeah, I'm not an yeah. adult who can take that news well. I'm my mind immediately goes to ghosts, 
hauntings. And so, yeah, basically, just long story short, yeah, I was in the sauna room the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to talk to someone about it. It's just nice to talk to someone, be away from my children for a bit at the moment. Yeah. And just have a chat yeah. and just, even if it well, is that's about what it, the that's what this is. That's what yeah. this is. This is not... This is just a chat. I mean, basically, we can talk wherever we want. We'll talk a bit about Arsenal eventually, but it's fine. fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just ask, Josh, have you ever yeah. played football manager? No. Never. Yeah, I assumed no. not. Were Why? you tempted? <laughs> yeah, would you know what? I don't play computer games. Um, and, there's a, and not because I in any way um, look down on them or have any issue with them. It's because... If I did, and I've had this rule for about, like I did when I was, you know, like a teenager, when I was in my late teens and stuff. But if I started playing Football Manager now or anything like it, FIFA or anything, it would, I would be obsessed with it and it would ruin my life because I wouldn't do anything else. And I have to watch so much TV for work and stuff and, you know, I have to write every day. It, I just couldn't do it. It would honestly ruin me. So that's why I don't go anywhere near any computer games at all. Why do you, do you play it, Josh? I've never been. I used to be a championship manager, but no, not since like early twenties. And even FIFA and Pro, yeah, a lot during university, and then not a lot after. But I know Alex, you've you've been quite into it. Yeah. Who was it, Alex? You once on the train? Didn't you oh, see a yeah. real football so, manager on a train once? Yeah. So I was playing. I downloaded ninety seven ninety eight on um on my laptop, and basically I was playing it and. I saw Karanka was on the train in the same carriage and it was back when he, I think he'd just become forest manager and he was on his way up to Leeds. And I literally, I was trying to like, basically I was trying to get it. I was trying to sign him because he's mint on the game. And I just went over to him and I said, Oh, do you fancy like having a look at this list with me? And like You're mint on this game, by the way. Do you fancy being my assistant for like a couple of games? He sat there. He must have thought like it was late as well. It was a late train up to Leeds. He must have thought, oh my god, I didn't think you got piss heads in first class. And I was dead sober, <laughs> I was dead excited to see him. Yeah. So I ended up sat next to him, and we were going through all his stats on it, and it was just like aggression 20 which is like full aggression he was like that's wrong but by the way the way that he looked at me when I first approached him I actually think it was probably right because he he looked at me <laughs> like he wanted to kill me um but yeah now I've got a photo I've got a photo with him trying to buy himself <laughs> so, that's really to buy himself from the Arsenal team so that was um that was a, a a special moment but I've been playing the worst thing is about that Arsenal draft I did with Tom the other day is I play the current football manager quite a lot and um, that yeah. team that I had was more, and that formation I played was more than enough to have done him. And I still ended up getting beaten on penalties. So just, you just can't trust Arsenal, even on the game. No. And that's how realistic yeah. it is. It's because, yeah, yeah it was, um, I thought I'd absolutely hammer him. But no. I did see he Tom. Had, yeah, he had his he dad, gone. didn't he, Jim? Yeah, he had his form, dad. Form, yeah. Formerly of the podcast on, on one appearance, I think. Were you thinking of, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, he's presumably in the house with Jim. It would have been difficult for you to find an assistance of that stature. Yeah, no, I just had, I just had my kids, and to be honest with you, again, it was one of those where it was like this was like it was like my holiday time. That it was like a good like forty-five minutes hour away from them. I just didn't want to get them involved. Really, they're too obsessed with like Peppa Pig and whatever's on to to give any real advice. So yeah, he pulled out the big guns. He 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 brought his dad out. You know, yeah. 
I, I said on the, on it at the time, like next time I'll bring Clive Tildesley as my assistant. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, if I'd have had Peter Drury with me, it would have been a different game. But um, no, it was yeah. it was it was a really good reveal as well. Like in fairness to Tom, it was just um, I just yeah, it just kind of his dad just popped up out of nowhere. So it was um, it was really good fun. I really enjoyed it. It was good. It's the, it's the it's only it's the it's the second best. Um, online video that Arsenal have done in the last couple of weeks, second only to the Ian Wright one with Lacazette and Aubameyang. Have you seen that one that, that they not, put up? I've not seen all of it. I saw a bit, I saw a little clip where they were talking about um, Lacazette's um, knee slide stopping right on the line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I saw a little bit of that, but I need, to, I need to watch it in full. Do you know what? It's like I've switched, because football's not on, I've almost switched off from it. And it's like really? it real like current football at the moment like doesn't happen, and it's like I've realised that with football off just like in terms of like just even like my TV habits, I've not actually like my default is Sky Sports News every single time I yeah. turn the telly yeah. on. It's like my default go to, yeah. and obviously without any football going on. I don't look at it. It's like the BBC co- gossip column still going on at the moment, <laughs> and there's always things like it's like oh yeah. Harry Kane might go somewhere, and it's like, really? Like, is that really a, a case? Is that? It seems less likely than ever at the moment, and it's kind of I've kind of switched off a little bit from football. Obviously, I saw the stuff today about us, uh, the players taking twelve and a half um, percent cut. I just hope that yeah. doesn't apply to yeah. Dinosaurus because I think he deserves <laughs> full pay, no matter what you know. And we don't know how coronavirus affects all animals, so we don't know if he's going to be okay yet. Also, he should be technically. He's the one who could still go to work. That's the one. He's yes. got the biggest face mask you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> he is. I mean, he should be out there every day. If I'm honest, at the moment, like, yeah, he's got uh, full protective protective equipment. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like God. There's people in the NHS and A and E's that would give anything to have a, a big dinosaur costume at the moment. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Gunasaurus. <laughs> Good old Gunasaurus. Yeah. Well, now you've mentioned it. What do you? Because I'm, I'm I'm the same a bit. I've got like, yeah. It's like you start forgetting about football and forgetting what it was like and everything. But um, like that, it's good, isn't it? I mean, in the end, this has lasted a week that Arsenal have eventually kind of had to eventually kind of nailed it down. They've got convinced all the players. And about halfway through today, about four o'clock, um, a lot of football journalists posted a thing saying they've agreed it with all the players except two. And there were a lot of people going, oh, you know, it's probably Saka because he's young and he, you know, and he need, now he needs loads more money. And people were t- trying to guess who the two holdouts were, but presumably now everyone's agreed to it and it's all fine. But it's good, isn't it? It's good that footballers are making the sacrifice. I think, I think it is. I think it's good that they, they're prepared to, to make the sacrifice. You know, I'm, I'm pleased to see that Arsenal, as we, you know, as per, have kind of done things, I, I think, in, in a very kind of in the right way. Um, you know, they've been helping the community. You know, there's been none of this furlough business and none of that embarrassment that Spurs and Liverpool yeah. have had and then having to go back on it. I think that, you know, we've kind of gone about it the right way. I mean, the big thing I, I kind of think about the, the wage cut is, obviously, I realise that, the, you know, that the revenues are massively impacted by coronavirus, but I can't help but feel that with a lot of them, they could have done with that anyway. As a club, anyway, like you know, the twelve and a half percent. I think that you know, 
I think that you know, there's a lot of players that they could have done with getting the wage bill down. You know, they said before, you know, <laughs> yeah. the wage bill. It's like Champions League wage bill, and we're in Europa League and stuff like that. And I think that it's it's in general the club the club probably needed to get the wage bill down anyway. So, and it's interesting yeah. this in, these incentives. I saw something. It was like, ah, oh, if they win the Champions League. They'll, they'll get like, yeah. a big bonus. And it's like, well, that's par for the course for most teams. I mean, if I was an Arsenal player, I'd probably, you know, I'd be, I'd take, I don't know. I don't know how much of an incentive that would be. I don't know whether they'd be going, well, come know. on, lads. We, I don't think they've been holding off, put it that way. I don't think that they've been sat there going, well, until I get this in my contract for a bit of cash for it, off it will just should just go Europa League as much as possible. I I, I can't have a feel. It's I, I saw a really funny tweet from um Arse blog about saying that it's like saying that they give me ten million pounds if I can run the hundred meters in under ten seconds. It's kind yeah. of yeah, <laughs> I think we're so far off of um kind of that being a realistic goal. It's just um yeah, I, you know, I'm glad I'm glad that the players are taking a cut. I thought it was very interesting that Arteta was um massively um, instrumental if you're to believe the reports in it. And I think in a way that's, it's good because I think it shows that he's um, obviously commands a lot of respect in that dressing room. And I think that, you know, I mean, for example, if Emery had gone in there and told them to take 12.5% off, I mean, where would it have gone? We, we'd have come back and they would have all ended up with a rise. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. we're the first team to give everyone a wage rise during um, the, the COVID-19 outbreak. And it's just, yeah, you, I think it's like, it's, um, I think it's just, uh, it's, um, yeah, that Arteta clearly is commanding the dressing room well. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see when we get back how how it all plays out because by the sounds of it, they get the money back if they achieve certain goals. If we, I think if we qualify for the champions league, they get it. Yeah. Back, do they? I think. Yeah, that's right. If, yeah. We, if we qualify for next year's champions league, the 12 and a half percent comes back. And if we get into the Europa league, seven and a half percent comes back. So they would have taken the 5% uh, pay cut. We, we should point out this is for a year. So it's, uh, it will, it'll be lasting for a year. What, whatever the scenario do you remember when we used to talk about, like, uh, you used to see the reports like, well, Arsenal got 250 million in cash. Like, all these cash reserves. Do you remember that? Do you remember the war chest? Yeah. Yeah. Are, they, are, they yeah, not, yeah. are there yeah. no war chests anymore? Does well, has millions well, and millions in cash reserves for a rainy day like this? Because well, it's interesting. We didn't spend it on players, <laughs> did we? So, no. it's, well, it's interesting you mentioned that because um, there was a report I did before, like, about a week ago, before this was confirmed when they were when they were in the middle of these talks and people were talking about um how the finances of different clubs i heard um one one of those um financial football experts on the radio on five live saying that actually arsenal have still got bigger cash reserves than almost every other club in the world in the world not just in in, in this country but their cash reserves are like 150 200 million or something i mean you know i've no idea if this is true i mean but i presume it is and it's just that apparently cash reserves doesn't mean that much when you're when you're when you're owned by Stan Kroenke doesn't put who kind of just leaves it there if you like and doesn't use it and doesn't put any money into the club. So, but apparently you have still got that cash reserve situation. Yeah, oh. I don't I don't really understand. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think that's I, true. Boy, the other thing, John, just I, I, the Guardian. I don't know if you saw their article, but they were despite this uh, statement going out from the club. The Guardian are saying that still not all the first-team players 
uh, have agreed. Oh. So saying most of the oh, Arsenal okay. first team have agreed. So um, it's obviously, you know, supposedly still a couple who they, they've got to work things out with. But, you know, it seems that overriding, um, you know, amount of a squad are on board. And I think that's something to be quite proud about in a way that we are the first Premier League clubs. Obviously, loads of clubs around Europe have come out and yeah. you know, announced they're going yeah. to do this. I think it's something quite nice about, as Alex mentioned there, about doing things in the Arsenal way and being the first club because, you know, there's been talk, I think, wasn't it, West Ham, maybe Southampton, who have, their players have agreed to defer rules. But that's not taking a cut. That's just sort of, you know, shifting it down the line. So for Arsenal to have taken the, the cut, I think that's, a you know, a, the, the right approach and a, a touch of class. And, you know, I think we should probably be a little bit proud of that. Yeah, yeah 100%. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, what do you think about the whole idea of football being played behind closed doors? You know, because I think that people are now, you wait for having loads of meetings this week and they're going to tell the clubs what they think they should do um, this week, apparently. And there's talk that I read someone saying that, you know, mid early to mid June is when realistically they could start the football season, but almost certainly they'll have to do but loads of games behind closed doors. It's going to be weird, isn't it? That's going to be like, you know, it's like the darts being played. You know, there's that darts competition where they're just being played in people's in people's living rooms yeah, and kitchens and it, stuff. It, it, I mean, it's odd. The, the, you know, I mean, I watched a couple of the, I watched, um, I think it was uh, Valencia Atalanta just before kind of there was yeah. a big break from football. And it was so weird watching watching football without fans there. And you kind of, you wonder as well how much it, impacts the players and it's it's interesting because you know you, you look at games now that are going to be played if they're behind closed doors and you know with something riding on it and without um a crowd there like how much impact is that going to have on the performances on the results uh, uh, and stuff like that so i mean either people keep talking about well how would you or you know what should what should they do and to be honest mm. with you, I don't really think there is a right answer I think that ideally I think that they they'll play out the season but I don't I don't really you know if they said it was void now I think it wouldn't you know I'm not going to stop you know getting too upset about it I don't really know what it's one of those things where it's never really it's never happened before I hate using that word unprecedented yeah. I used it earlier but I, you read it <laughs> I know five times a day now also furlough. <laughs> I'd never I'd never even knew what furloughing was until no, a few weeks no. ago and it was just yeah it's one of those things where I'm not I'm not sure that there is an answer there's definitely not going to be a way mm. that's going to make everyone happy put it this way on no. the plus side when they go to VAR we're just at home waiting on it rather than sat there like knobheads. So there is yeah. something, there's something yeah. for it. Also, I quite, there's a part of me that is looking forward to hearing a bit more of what the players say to each other. Because it's I not know, be I know. that yeah. you, you can't, there's, you know, when you have to shout at each other, you can't like have any of that hand over your mouth business. It's not going to fly. So I'm quite <laughs> looking forward to he actually hearing, you know, the Arsenal defence. Like, do they communicate? And, um, you know, I think it will be <laughs> yeah. interesting, um, you know, to, to hear how many times, yeah, certain players are sworn at by others and Arteta and things like that. And I, I, I don't know. I think it will be, it will be weird. Obviously yeah, it's going to be really interesting, isn't it, I think. Obviously yeah. for Arsenal, apart, apart from the cup, you know, we didn't go for top four maybe, but, you know, it feels for us that, you know, I mean, God, if you'd have said this in October, should we just have a break? And start again, I'd have absolutely bitten your hand off. 
with the way we yeah, were playing. Yeah. So, and it was all, yeah. you know, it was weird. Do you know what? That West Ham game just before the break, I saw like a lot mm. of kind of, a lot of faces I hadn't seen for a while. And it, it did feel a little bit like kind of that last home game of the season. It had like a little bit of a, I, it felt like we might not be back for a while that day so it was yeah um, yeah definitely yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's interesting really and obviously I'm looking forward to getting yeah. back I kind of I'd give anything to you know see us defend badly again I think I'll cry yeah same see, yeah. see us <laughs> frustratingly annoying just to be back and and just to just to have uh just to have football back really because it is yeah yeah it's a bit of a void if Arsenal do have to play behind closed doors, do you think like Delaware mm. North might go on Deliveroo and you could still get your bean burger <laughs> delivered? Because oh, so. then you yeah. could really feel that like you've got good. the Emirates experience. You get a program yeah. delivered to your door on the morning and then you get your bean burger. Yeah. I'm just trying to think how you can make it as most match day as possible when you're sitting at home on the sofa is we're all going to have to do if these games do happen. I mean, the atmosphere in my, in my, in my flat, to be honest, in my like penthouse flat, it's probably the similar to what it is on in um, club level anyway. So um, it's not, it's not a huge, going to be a huge leap. Um, but I am, it's kind of like, it's a bit of a game changer. Isn't it? the same way? Like it's happening on TV, isn't it, Alex? Cause you've got all these TV panel shows and stuff. We're all doing, doing this weird no audience thing. Like, if I've got news for you, it's now just quite a weird thing to watch, isn't it? Like, if you, you see that, yeah, it's going to affect what you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100% certain exactly what's what's going on with, with us at the moment. And it's like we did the last mm. show of last series, um, the, the Friday before we went into lockdown, yes. and obviously didn't have an audience. And that was, it's weird. It's, it is quite weird. And it, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean... Um, for us, I think we're quite lucky because ours is very conversational anyway, and I think that we, you know if we ended up yeah. doing it over Skype and I think I think we could still have um, a lot of fun with it, and it's just kind of that dynamic of a conversation when you've got lots of people in there and reading kind of visual cues of when to talk and when not to, and 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 stuff like that. And obviously, with Last Leg, we're live; we won't have the it. We no, we wouldn't have an edit. So it's it's no. for us it's quite yeah. um that last show was um it was fun but it it weren't half it weren't half weird it was really yeah, weird. and um yeah it was just um it, yeah it was just a little bit a little bit strange that day and I think it was partly because we didn't know really what was what was going to happen uh going forward but I think you know you've got to still keep trying to make telly at the moment haven't you and I I think that yeah. Yeah, people people are desperate for a little bit of goodwill, a little bit of fun as well. Because you know, I don't know about you, but I've not some of these news briefings and that. I watched the first few, but then after a while, I've kind of I've, I've kind of these these press briefings. I've stopped really watching them, and it's just it's kind of the news at the moment is quite depressing. Also, oh, it's so depressing, like, I, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what else we talk about apart from <laughs> coronavirus. I haven't heard another bit of news really, apart from this football, you know, stuff. I've not really heard much other news, and I'm sure there's other random stuff that's going on in in the world at the moment. But obviously, you know, it's just um, yeah, very corona. Well, there's stuff coronavirus like, heavy. Yeah, it is there's stuff like David Ike that that they find the Ofcom saying they're going to find. Um, that channel London Life is showing that David Live pro, yeah. program, yeah, and um, and I, you know, Eamon Holmes on ITV. So there's stuff like that going on. Like mad, people are saying mad conspiracy things, aren't they? But I guess that even that's connected to the virus. Mm. 
Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've not really bought into any of the conspiracy theories at the moment. I'm, I must say, I've kind of, I'm, you know, I'm standing on the straight and narrow. Another couple of weeks, though, we may come to the podcast in another couple of weeks, and I'll just say, like, it's the 5G. It's the 5G. Yeah. Don't it. mention it's, the 5G. Uh, Don't mention yeah, the 5G. Just, yeah, by the way, guys, whatever you do, do not clip that up and just have me go, it's the 5G. No. It's the 5G. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we'll do that's, that's the title of the podcast not. yeah Alex says <laughs> Alex Booker says at least you're not there are still I still see people on on like Twitter going on about how um, Boris Johnson faked his illness faked his and now whatever you think of oh, it I'm not a fan but I don't believe mad. they got the whole National Health Service to pretend that he was ill <laughs> you know I just don't, no, I don't think that I, don't. I, I think it's um, I just find stuff like that it's just like this is a real like I've pulled sickies from work. Don't get me wrong. I have. I've been, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't. You know, I've pulled sickies from school. You know, with the old thermometer in the tea. I've I've done it all. I've pulled sickies from work, but not last leg, obviously. But I, you know, but we've all, that's one hell of. It's the biggest sickie of all time. If he's <laughs> if he really wasn't ill, and he's managed to yeah. get himself into hospital and into intensive care and out again without faking it, uh, by faking it. And it's just stuff like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's particularly done an amazing job uh, so far. No. Before he got ill. But I don't, I think that, you know, we're, we're, I think it's one of those things where people are frustrated. So you, you end up pointing fingers at the, the wrong the wrong things, really, because it's just this yeah. overriding feeling of... Um, of frustration. But I tell you what, though, just out and about at the moment, I went to Sainsbury's earlier, and it's just, mm. they make it, they've made, in my local Sainsbury's, they've made it difficult. So basically, the aisle where you're queuing up for the till isn't the one directly mm. in front of it. It's the one to the left. And it's just, it's so confusing. And there's, I mean, the ASDA, there's a one-way system. So you go down <laughs> one thing, you can't go back down it again. I had some woman the other day, literally, yes. I went slightly into this aisle and I'm talking like the first set of things in there came back out of it. Some woman turned around and said, just cause you're famous, you can't just get out of the one way system. And honestly, <laughs> my, my job had literally not gone through my mind. I was tempted to pull out the, the one leg card and I was about, to, I was so tempted to go, but yeah, of course, love you. You know, if you want an amputee to walk the long way around, you crack on, see how you sleep tonight. But I didn't, I didn't, should have I done. didn't, I left it, but it was, um, yeah, it's, it's strange out at the moment. And even today when oh, I was agree. shopping, I just had stuff with yeah. kids I few, at the moment, you know, they're like little dogs with little treats, like to get them to shut up, you know, you're chucking a couple of Arabo at them and it's like, there you go. And they scamper off in the corner. So I'm not stocking up on that. And then I look at it and I'm thinking of people looking at me going, is that an essential shop? Am I going to have to explain why I've got star mix to the geezer behind me and the woman at the till and go, look, that's, you know, I've, I've not just come here for star mix. There was other stuff. There was, you know, but you're right. Shopping is food. so, yeah. Supermarkets is, is so stressful. Yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, we've got the one-way system and the t- uh, t- just trying to make... People do not maintain the distance as well. That's... It's no, really annoying. Not, yeah. not at all. I had some bloke ask me, some bloke asked me if I could do a photo with him earlier. I was like, mate, you're going to have to oh, stand. Oh, God. You can't no. stand it. I, I, I felt like such a prick saying it. But I was like, mate, you're going to have to stand a couple of metres away from me. Just like, I ain't having a Twitter backlash just because I've had a photo with you. So you've got to stand. You've got to stand a bit in front of yeah. you. Yeah. That's all right. Oh, God. So, oh. Yeah. It was, anyway, um, 
We'll talk, People we'll, are weird we'll about shaking my hand anyway, so this hasn't really affected me. <laughs> <laughs> don't, they don't, they tend to, to be know. weird about it. So for me, yeah. you know, this stuff hasn't, uh, hasn't really no. uh, impacted no. me too much. No. <laughs> there is, we should talk about, there is a big anniversary today, isn't there, Josh? And we'll talk about that in a minute, which involves Arsenal, just after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. So, yeah, it's it's a big day today. In, in terms of the anniversary, two years since the announcement, since that moment... Um, that Arsene Wenger was leaving after uh, over two decades at the club. Uh, where were you, Alex? Do you remember where you were when you heard the news? And was it, and, and did it? You know, what, what was your feeling? I remember just. I remember. I I got the news via. It was just like oh, my WhatsApp just lit up. It yeah. Going like Wenger, Wenger's going. Then obviously I turned. I was just at home. I felt I just turned straight on Sky Sports News. And it's weird, though, isn't it? Because at the time, there was quite a sense of sadness, but also a bit of relief in a way. It, and it, I, I kind of feel guilty now looking back on it. And you're like, well, I mean, this was a, I still never expected him to to kind of go of his own accord. I, I, there was a mm. part of it that just thought after a while, there's no way he'll go. I, d- I don't see how that's going to happen. So, yeah, I kind of, I look back now and, you know, I still think back about the house, you know, kind of sad it was really that by the time Wenger left, there's, it left it left like almost like a bit of bitterness with the way that the fans had been divided or the way it got all... I mean, people taking A4 bits of paper into the ground and <laughs> yeah. beds with megaphones outside the director's box. And you just go, fucking hell, it was grim, wasn't it, when you think back to it? And it was like, was it, was it really kind of worth it in, in the end? I, I don't know. It was, it was, it was so interesting, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, like it was a mixture of, I was, I had a massive sense of relief, I think. Just that, yeah, because at that point it becomes so toxic and, you know, you're just waiting for that moment. But it was a surprise because you just didn't think, you know, I think we just thought by that point you'd have to, you'd have to be dragged up kicking and screaming. Um, but Josh, you must have been devastated. You, 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 looking back on it now, what was your, how did you feel about the whole thing? Yeah, I was, I was sad. I remember we did a podcast, didn't we? I think with Gareth uh, that day oh, yeah. in Camden, there was like a, an emergency meeting that was formed for this final podcast yeah, I remember being really sad because he, he was a guy who since 1996 had been you know such a constant and you know for for good and bad and it was it was very mainly in the good 
there was a guy who just had the ultimate faith. He had the long-term interests of the club at heart. I think, if I remember rightly, we just lost at Newcastle. And and that kind of signalled, I think even by that point, we were never really going to qualify for the Champions League. But it was like absolutely cemented that we weren't with a sort of defeat after taking the, the lead at Newcastle. And there was a sense of, you know, Tottenham are now, you know, comfortably ahead of us and we're not going to get in the Champions League. But there was still, you know, the hope of, of I think, you know, it, it all ending in a European final, I think, at that point, wasn't it? Because we still had the uh, semi-final against Atletico Madrid to come. Um, so I think at the time I was, whilst very sad, I still had visions of it all ending with, like, Wenger finally winning a European trophy. And sort of maybe only once we lost that second leg and didn't make it to the final. Mm. I think that was that was sad in a way that it wasn't all going to end in a sort of wonderful European night. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, sad and regretting us. But I must say, obviously, I've mentioned a couple of times in the last few weeks, watching a lot of the end of season reviews. You know, what he gave to us for 22 years was just remarkable, won't be repeated. Um, but there was a sense of hating going to away games at that time. I remember being at, I think it was Brighton. We'd lost that a couple of weeks beforehand and, you know, it was civil war in the away end and it wasn't oh. enjoyable. So I was looking forward to the end of that. Some of those, some of those away games. Remember we, when we went, we went to Bournemouth and it was a game where I think we drew three all and we were, we, we came back and I think Giroud scored late on. And uh, honestly, when we, I think we went three nil down and it was toxic. It was just, Oh, it was so toxic. Mm. And it was, there was a time where it was just like, this just isn't enjoyable. And it wasn't even just the football that wasn't enjoyable. It was just the experience of being there. And um, yeah, yeah, it was just, I, th- I think that when I look back, it, it is sad. I, I wonder with his book coming out, how many kind of stories w- we'll hear and like, you know, whether there'll be some blame laid on himself, how much he'll kind of deflect of, you know, onto onto other people, onto onto maybe the board, the owners, and whether they'll kind of mm. some of the truth will, will come out. And you know, it's it is sometimes sad because as as you said, Josh, you know, you look back and you think, gosh, some of the, some of those, you, you know, we're at the challenging for trophies every year for so long, and there's still even now there's not a lot of clubs that can really say that they they've kind of done that, and it. I think we were in a way a little bit a little bit spoilt, but the sad thing is, is it's a weird one with Arsenal because people go, "Well, I can't believe he didn't go at the end of the when we won the FA Cup in 2014. If he'd have gone then, you know, we were yeah kind of like you know if we were on the decline then. If he'd gone then, it, he would have gone out on a high and stuff like that. But if you're someone like Arsene Wenger and you've managed the club to such success, were you, was he ever really going to go take a, a success like the cup and go? Well, that means now I definitely can't do it anymore. I think when you think back on it, he was always going to go, well, see, we can. Here we go. We've got this yeah. kind of first trophy yeah. for years. Let's see if we can build on it. And it was kind of, I think, that, you know, he loved the club, still does. And it was just, I think he just always thought that maybe he could, you know, perhaps wrongly, I think he thought that he could turn it around and bring back those those big days of, of success again. Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting the point you made about the book. I, I, I'm so fascinated by it, what's going what he's going to be like in the book because I think I can't imagine. Partly it's from what you're saying about you know I don't think he ever felt and probably still doesn't feel that he ever did anything wrong or made any particular 
big mistakes, you know, or I think I feel generally that, and I think it's the same for everyone in this position, really, in a way, you know, when you reach the top of the game or when, you know, the top of your profession or, or, you know, you see with politicians that no one ever admits they've done anything wrong, do they ever? Not just him, but I think particularly him, he's such a proud man. And I think quite rightly, I mean, he's given us, Arsenal fans, the greatest experiences of our lives, mostly, is, you know, apart from some the ones that George Graham gave us as well. But I can't imagine in his book he's going to go, oh, mea culpa, yeah, I should have left at the end of that, as you say, after that cup final. Or... But what is he going to do? He must acknowledge somehow the decline, or I don't know, he must acknowledge that the club, you know, was declining in some way, or do you, he's do you not, not advancing. I, I, I think we'll find out a lot more about how much, how many bullets he took for the board. I think yeah. I think we'll now find out how many times he took he took one for the team, but obviously he was paid very well to take one for the team. He was paid very well by that board to take one for them. And it, I, I was kind of yeah. You know, I said the other day, weirdly enough, that I feel like with Arsenal and the board towards the end, it, it became actually quite um, a destructive relationship because he was such a company man. He always kind of never came out. He, he's not a Mourinho who'd come out and go, I haven't, you know, mm. therefore try and put pressure on him to give him more money. He kind of took the the negativity and frustration from the fans on, on but you know, on behalf of the team and, you know, and, and the boards. And it, I think in exchange yeah. for that, I think he wasn't questioned as much by a board who, um, you know, as some managers maybe do, he wasn't under as much scrutiny. He had a lot of say in, in a lot of things. And I, I think that maybe in the ends, it became quite, um, yeah, a, a negative relationship. But you look at the club as a whole, and I think back on it, it wasn't. It's not just Wenger's fault. Some of the decisions that have been made to to lead us the, the club to kind of where we we are now. Really, I, I think that you know, right at the top, you know, we we all know about Cronky and and the management of the club, and I think it goes higher than Wenger. I really does. I just think he became the figurehead, oh, yeah. yeah. sadly, towards the end, and you know, even. You know, I mean, even with Emery towards the end, I mean that was that was so shit. And I think the fans <laughs> still didn't didn't get quite as it didn't feel as as vitriolic, weirdly enough, as was what um was what the the latter Wengerera f- felt. I think kind of maybe people look back and think feel a bit regretful, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right, yeah. And I think it's kind of gone, if you look, I don't know if, what you think, Josh, but I feel like um, that it's kind of gone since Wenger left. It's kind of gone how we kind of thought it would be, that the first manager taking over probably would have a really difficult time and, you know, it's going to be almost impossible to follow. But and then, but then the one after, I think a lot of people felt that it was going to be the second manager we'd get who could start to turn things around. And I think, I think we're already seeing that with Arteta. So now I feel like actually... It was the right thing to do, however, you know, however sad I'm sure we all were two years ago today. But it feels like it was the right thing to do, doesn't it? Well, Josh? yeah, I mean, on some level, you could argue, you know, I think we finished sixth. Is that right? In in Arsenal's final season and then Emery ultimately finished fifth. So those that want to will find the argument and we were a hell of a lot closer to... Champions League football, we're only one point behind Tottenham, two points behind Chelsea at the end of last season when, you know, we've spoken about how we threw it away and that home defeat to, to Crystal Palace and the Brighton draw. So there, there is an argument to say that, you know, there was an improvement and he also got to a European final that Arsene didn't. Yeah. That said, you know, yeah. there was a bit of an investment in the squad. You know, can you unequivocally say that Emery did better than Wenger would have done? 
no, you, you, you can't say that. But in terms of looking at what's happened at other clubs where managers have been there for some time, yeah, of course it, it was going to be hard. Um, and I think everyone's sort of more excited to see, you know, where, you know, if you give Arteta 18 months, is that going to make everyone feel in a better position than where we were after 18 months with Emery? You know, I'm sure the vast majority would would say yes. So, look, I, I, I would say it much as I love Wenger and, and always will. And um, during lockdown, Rose has actually brought me a, a jigsaw of the Invincibles because she thought I'd enjoy doing that, doing a nice little jigsaw with Arsene Wenger at the heart of it, lifting the trophy <laughs> at White Hot Lane. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, the long and short of it is it it was probably time. Um, and we'll see where we are in 18 months. Just speaking of like Arteta at the moment, did you see that his, um, his interview on the website the other day when he was talking about how he's been giving the players like homework and stuff and he can see whether they've been doing it and they've got to analyze what they did wrong and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Just like. I just love the idea of the players sat there and just getting their clips through and like, you know, is that <laughs> oh, no. really getting a clip through of like that, you know, that Olympiacos <laughs> game where he equalised and then missed a sitter in the last depths of extra time. And it's like, well, what did you do wrong here? And it's like, well, I didn't fucking score. That was a big problem. I didn't hit the target when I should have. And it's like, I don't, I just, I chuckle at the idea and he's kind of saying that the young players are really, getting into it and you wonder whether with us with the break whether it's kind of given I don't know like you know I suppose for all of the teams the players have had a bit of a a, you know long break from football and you know I think that it would be interesting with us whether it's kind of given Arteta you know he's had a bit of time without us playing yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah I think so start to think more about what he wants to do and and analyse things so I tell you what they don't half talk a good game Mikel it's like to me, he just sometimes I watch him and, and hear him talk, and you hear him, you know, his you know command such respect that the players are taking his pay cut and for the good of the club, and it does fill you with hope and positivity. And it's like, you know, if we give this guy time, is he could he really, you know, get get us back back to a, a level which we'd like to see us playing at? And I, I'm I hope that we can. You know, I mean, obviously that West Ham game just before we finish. You know, we could that could have gone either way. If I'm honest, I missed about three amazing chances. But at the same yeah. time, it's you know there is I think there is a lot of a lot of hope around Arteta, and you know who knows how we'll be when we come back. Who knows how the players will fare behind closed doors? Maybe some of them, you know, in a less you know kind of cauldron atmosphere, might be better. You know what I mean? You don't know. I agree. Yeah, you know, I agree totally. Yeah, I, and I think also I think yeah because I think this will be. I think I think we thank God we've got him. I really do because I think you know if we just still imagine we still had Emery. I mean you know I was defending Emery as far as I could, but you know I just feel Arteta in this situation, you say sending their homework and all of that and the way the respect they have for him clearly that he established so quickly, didn't he? Um, when yeah. he took over, um, I just think that is all a plus for us, a big positive. I think he's dealing with this kind of thing just as a human being. I think he's more he's he's cleverer and more eloquent and all of that in these kind of about these things than a lot of other managers out there who did can see, be quite, you know, don't. Did you see, boy, wasn't there a story about Emery trying to blame a, a former girlfriend for some of the uh, impact oh, God, in London? Yeah. Did you see that story? Alex, did you see that one? <laughs> I did see what that. that? <laughs> Emery was trying to blame his ex for why we were, we weren't very good. Yeah, that was a story, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, just to give you the, uh, 
Yeah, Unai Emery called me a white witch and blamed me for the team's bad form. I mean, I I don't know how much of the sun you usually get through on a normal day, but I'll send you a link, Alex. Yeah, what was it? Oh, if it's the sun, mate, I'm not reading that. But it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, Wow. Who's followed so up in the? So I read it in the stand. The defence was she? <laughs> that we didn't know Apparently. about. She was there. I'm she was there working with him on 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 some of the communication. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think it. Uh, I think it uh, originally was the Sun on Sunday, and then it, it did get round, as you say. Uh, Boyd, I'm just reading here. Sasha, 35, told the son on Sunday, I trusted Unai and really believed we would get married and have kids together one day. I thought he was a gentleman and a real family man, but in the end, I realised he was not ready for a serious relationship. The incredible quote he gave, she said was, he told me I was a white witch as I brought him so much bad luck. I mean, he's clearly bonkers. So, you know, on top of everything, he's clearly, like, crazy. And, of course, people said that he looked a bit like Dracula, didn't he, with that haircut and everything. So maybe Dracula and the white witch... Was what we had. Why, which? <laughs> wow. Do you really believe that? You don't always, with, you know, with some stories, you've got to take them with a pinch of salt. Why, which? It's a direct quote. Very, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. With his English, I just misheard him. I don't know. <laughs> His English was yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It did leave a lot to be desired. Yeah. It must be said. But like you, I'm I'm very optimistic. Yeah, you're, I I agree with you for the in the. And I also think like our team, if we are playing, you know, behind closed doors and all that, I just think he could get he he would have a way of coping with all these things that I think could be a lot better than a lot of other managers. So I'm quite hopeful on that front as well. You've got to be good um, if you're a Liverpool fan at the moment because oh. no matter which way it happens, whether. Kind of, you know, if we pay behind closed doors and, and stuff like that, it's like it will never winning the title will never be quite as I don't know I, I, as amazing as what it, it was gearing up for them to be. I I, I don't. Think yeah, it's just, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, so yeah. it's a strange one with it with the gap in the season, but you know, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got, kind of run out of time, haven't we, Josh? Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we uh, before we say goodbye? Josh? Uh, yeah, no, I was just... Uh, the only thing I wanted to hear a little bit more about was uh, Alex's building exploits, because I've seen he's always become a DIY... Uh, yeah, I don't mate. know, hon- honchos in this period. Mate, I've, I've been... You know what? I've just... I'm just finding things to do to keep me outside and out of the cauldron atmosphere of my living room at the moment. And I've been trying to, like... <laughs> the other day... Uh, you know, the other week, I've spent, like four hours cleaning the barbecue outside. Yes, I'd, I'd managed to stretch out cleaning the car to three hours and build, you know, I've been building some, you know, different stuff really. I thought, I thought it's about time I have a go at DIY. And I've always thought, you know, it's not, I've always tried to get out of it by saying, ah, oh, it's like my disability, but it just ain't going to wash anymore, you know? So also I've got less to lose, you know, doing the drilling. I'm going to, I don't believe I'm unlucky enough to put a nail through one of my remaining fingers. So I'm very blase about it. I'm just there, you know, <laughs> put that in there and very, yeah, but we, I've been, I enjoy it though. I do. I, I have been getting quite into it. The Wendy house has, has been built for the kids. Um, so that, that's quite nice. Ideally they'd be self-isolating in there, but they're not. They have to, currently they have to be, <laughs> They have to be in the actual house, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been it's good for, it's good fun. I need like another I need another thing to to build really. I've got a, um, a pressure washer 
last week Ooh. and I used it for the first time yesterday and I was pressure washing some moss off some stone in the garden and oh my goodness what a pleasure that was for about 40 minutes it was just so nice and it was so satisfying just seeing this stone come up clean and listen to me this is what lockdown's done to me I'm talking literally yeah, no, I mean, talking it's... about getting my pleasure from pressure washing some stone and some stuff like that but it weren't half good fun I really recommend them if you can just use them on everything oh fair enough yeah. No, I ordered one of those. Um, have you seen there was an ad in um, on like, Instagram and it's also on Twitter, like for a watch, a window cleaner, a magnetic window cleaner that you can clean it out because I'm quite high up oh. in my flat. Yeah, and you kind of and it, it makes it magnetically goes all the way wherever you want it to go. Um, it's, it's a brilliant device, so I ordered that. Yeah, but I'm not as uh, uh, your your DIY exploits a bit more impressive. Are you angling for? Are you angling for a, basically like a TV commission? I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to do um, a, 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 a Brooker Builds TV series. Yeah. I think. It, I think. It, I think it would be. You know, Nick Knowles has had a good run. I think he's, he he's, yeah. a, he's had a good run. I would just love to <laughs> yeah. see me just going in there and just going like, here we go. Just you imagine the people, though. Like all those families, if they did a series of like DIY SOS and it's like I turn up at the door going, don't you worry, don't you worry, sir. <laughs> We're going to reward all your years of helping the community. I'm going to build you a patio. And he'd turn around and he'd be like, fuck off. Mate, it's just a wind up. They think it's like one of those like hidden camera shows or something. I'm not having you build this. What are you going to do? And it would just be, and that would be it every week until someone just it would. takes it seriously. And then they get the garden of their dreams or something like that. I think it's going to happen. I think it's definitely going to happen. It'll be brilliant. It'll be a brilliant yeah. show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cheers. Right. Well, I think we should probably lot, say goodbye, shouldn't we? Thanks so much, Alex, for coming on. Yeah. And no, uh, thank you. It's for, been... No, thanks a lot. It's been it's been good to talk to you guys. Feels like a bit of normality again, just to yeah. be talking about Arsenal at, at the very least. So it's um yeah, it feels quite quite nice just to be chatting. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be back and we'll have some we'll gain some games to talk about soon. Exactly. Lovely. In the meantime, Josh, we're still trying to get um, Keir Starmer and Robert Peston. I've emailed about, I emailed someone about Rob Peston. I haven't heard back. Have you had any luck with Keir Starmer yet? I, I must admit, I haven't spent too much time trying. <laughs> Come so on. I, I will endeavour to do so this week. I, I don't know. I can't help but think politicians might have better things to do at the moment, but we can try. Enough three quarters of an hour spare. I bet he will. He'll be fine. To be fair, if John Burko had. An hour right. and a half spare in the midst of Brexit, then probably they might have 45 minutes to do a phone call. But, now, so by the way, know. John Burko, when he came on last leg and they had a, a silly challenge where he had to fire a tennis ball at me to hit a can off my head. And everyone thought, oh, they're phone balls. He's going to do it really lightly. He absolutely <laughs> torpedoed of course. this phone ball. Of course ball. he and did. Honestly, I, it was like, I absolutely, you've got to bear in mind, it's live on air. And it was just like <laughs> one of those surreal moments where you just think, so this is my career now, is it? And it's like, it was properly, <laughs> it was so surreal. But I love yeah, John was a great guest on, on last leg. He's, he's a good guy. I'm sure I'll tell you what, yeah, if Boris ends up coming on this, then we definitely uh, know he's trying to get out of work. We definitely know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think go to Cobra. I was doing uh, footballistically <laughs> Arsenal. Sorry guys. That's, um, you know, that's a sick one I've missed now. <laughs> 
but if you want to hear if you want to hear my thoughts on Unai Emery's love life, have a tune in. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be so careful these days. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks so much, Alex. Cheers. Thanks, so much, Thanks guys. Cheers, man. Thanks. And we'll be back next week with someone. Thank you. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.